0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Security Squad Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Horning, here with Ryan O'Hara, Randy, Brian, and Reginald Andre. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? Good. Doing good over
1: here, man. How's it going, Brian? We're ready to go, man. We got our monster. We got yeah. a lot of stuff to talk about.
0: We, we you, you. <laughs> we got we got Randy just loves his monster. Get him <laughs> fired up. So, we got a ton of stuff to talk about today in today's show. Um, just, you know, educating people about cybersecurity and what they can start doing to protect themselves. We're on show episode number 106. So, you have like 106 episodes to listen through, 100, well, probably like 250 hours at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as our, some of our shows have went, um, But yeah, we don't charge any fees for the show. The fees really just share our show and help us grow. Um, You know, we're growing every week, sharing us out on social media and spreading the word and just finding us on relevant topics around cybersecurity is, is how we're growing this channel. And we're not annoying you with any paid ads or paid sponsorships throughout the show. We're just bringing you the goods and having, you know, just a kind of everyday discussion between four cybersecurity experts, we're trying to bring this stuff down to a level that everybody understands. That's the goal of our show. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. We got an issue at another school in the United States. Surprise, surprise. Uh we have Des Moines, Iowa. Just announced this morning that their schools are closed following an apparent cyber attack. Um so this is- This is in the news pretty good right now. Um, It's already made it to Fox News. Usually we got to go digging for these kinds of attacks. Um, One of Iowa's largest school districts canceled classes for Tuesday after determining there was a cyber attack on its technology network. Classes will be canceled for 33,000 students after being alerted to a cybersecurity incident on its technology network. Uh, the district said in a news release that it took its, it, its internet and network services offline while it assessed the situation and it didn't describe the nature of the attack or say whether sensitive information might have been stolen and it didn't immediately respond to a request for further information. Because uh, many technology tools that support both classroom learning as well as the management and operation of the school district are not available at this time, the prudent decision is to close the district for the day. All right. So um, they shut everything down. This is probably ransomware. What do you guys think?
2: I I think they're just copying and pasting these articles now for these school districts. Uh, They've got a a template. They just changed the school district, the number of people affected, but everything else seems to be pretty much the same.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that a million times on this Mm -hmm. show at this point, especially in the last six, 12 months that this is kind of the MO for cyber attacks these days is not letting out too much information. Um, you know, there's different schools of thought on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, But I think, you know, the, the prevailing trend at this point is to just not say much at all and don't let too much information out. Yeah. Uh, go ahead.
1: Oh, well, you don't want to you don't want to spoil if there's ransomware, you don't want to spoil the neg- the negotiations that are going on if there's any. So if you come out with too much information, you know, they might just pull the plug or they might release the data. Who knows what's going to happen? Also, um, you know, it's I think this is good in the respect that, you know, a year ago we were always like talking about, oh, nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. This one isn't really nothing to see here. Um, it's a little, I think it's a little more meaty than that, even though they didn't really
0: get into it. Um, that's a great point. And I agree with you on, on that observation because you're right. We've gone from nothing to see here to people recognizing that you can't say that if you don't know, right. (laughs) And what we mean by nothing to see here is like, Usually, the first thing that companies were saying after a cyber attack or a ransomware attack is no customer data was accessed or stolen, and then we would find out two, three months later, yep. as Andre would famously point out on a Friday before holiday or you know <laughs> something yeah. late in the afternoon on Friday, a, a press release, early release day press press release would go out and and point out that customer data was actually stolen, and evolved into most of these organizations at this point saying, Hey, you know, we don't have enough information right now to tell you anything, which is, I think the, a, the right way to go. If you're, if you're going to go, Hey, don't tell them anything. Don't tell them it was ransomware. Don't tell them who attacked us. That all used to come out very early on. And, and a couple of years ago, that stopped, but then this whole, nothing was touching mm-hmm. giving people a false sense of security became a very prevalent thing that that responders were doing, breach coaches, lawyers were putting out there for companies. And that's changed to, hey, we really don't know. Um, so I think that was a good observation, Randy, because um, I really didn't pick up on that until you said it.
3: So just imagine that this is your business, right? You This school district has 33,000 students, 5,000 uh, employee, employees. I mean, if your business shut down for that, well, it's only been two days, but telling everybody not to come to work, you know, operations stop, telephones, internet. So this is just showing the importance again, because when you do have these cybersecurity incidents, as they're saying,
0: Mm -hmm. your
3: business literally just shuts down. Mm
0: -hmm. We've already pointed out on this show, I know at least once, probably several times, that K through 12 schools are a massive target right now. Mm -hmm. And why are businesses... A massive target. Like, why are certain sectors, certain, well, you know, like I think I called it out on last week's show. It's K through twelve and college, uh-huh. hospitals are basically the main two, and then municipal governments. Mm-hmm. Those three are the main three things that we see getting hit constantly. At least the ones that we're seeing in the news. In the news stories. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we we're going to talk about one later that happened in June. Right. And that's the other thing. Private businesses have the luxury of keeping it under wraps until it's convenient for them to release the the, or disclose the breach, which I don't necessarily agree with. And I think that's why there's laws being put in place saying that you, you might you don't have to go run to the New York Times and tell them, but you need to go to like the FTC or you might have to go to somebody in the government and say that you were cyber attacked within a certain period of time before you could be found criminally liable for not doing that so that's where things are heading um yeah i, I was no, gonna say oh good i was no go ahead what are you gonna say I was, I was just
1: gonna say we don't want to underestimate you're right they are a huge target and we are seeing that a lot and we don't want to underestimate the value to the criminals of this data because they can literally take like a 5-year-old that has a social security number that they've they've gotten the social security number from the data breach and go open up all kinds of credit and do this and that with social security numbers and no one ever knows cuz who monitors their 5-year-olds, you know, social security number and things like that and I would I would suggest if you attend this school, you probably ought to sign up for monitoring that includes monitoring your kids accounts because there's so many so much information that's valuable they can start to build a profile now they can use for attacks later
0: man um, and look I mean, what happened
1: really doing this
0: and look what happened in that Knox Community College that we talked about last week i mean those students are being extorted by the cyber criminals um, in a lot of different ways i mean phishing attacks are going to go up i mean they, these cyber criminals are ruthless they don't care Who you are and where you live And what age you are They'll they'll go if they see an opportunity to make money They're going to pounce on it And you know It's important for I think for parents to Understand who their kids are Interacting with online and things like that Um, Because you know this this Is all related right this is all You don't know who's trying to Get through to your children On social media and why It could be a criminal hacker who has a ton of information on them that they have profiled and build a a online digital profile and they know all these things about this person and how easily a child who's not aware of this stuff could be manipulated by these individuals um to send money to download software that you know maybe allow them to access their camera or do other things to their systems unbeknownst to the parents like this is all going to be stuff that we're going to have to deal with down the road Mm -hmm. um whether you see it or not, I absolutely 100% see where this is going to evolve into, especially with these schools. So that begs the question. I'm getting, I think I got increasingly frustrated at one point in a previous show. Um, so I just feel, I just feel a massive sense of frustration that our federal government is not helping our schools do something about this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe I'm wrong in the answer there. But... I just feel like this is a problem at this point. It's been going on for multiple years. And here we are, you know, with I look at the efforts that our federal government is putting in cybersecurity. And quite frankly, I'm just going to say it. I would fucking put CMMC on hold and hit the pause button and take all that money and give it to the Department of Education to fix this fucking problem.
2: Doesn't it move in the that finances. Good. You know, if, if if these were Wall Street firms that were getting hit on a you know weekly basis, that would be a totally different thing.
0: But I mean, it's unbelievable. Like these schools are gonna have to do something, right? And they're gonna have to pay for it. And like we talked about before. New Jersey, you pay property taxes and that funds the school. So what are yep. they gonna do? Raise everybody's property taxes in the name of like we gotta invest in cybersecurity now or we're gonna get hit um this is a problem that needs to be addressed by congress and and the senate and people need to start recognizing this threat to their children's schools and parents need to step up and start doing what we do in this country which is contact your your elected officials and put this on their radar to get something Mm -hmm. done about that's that's kind of where i'm at so well,
1: I can say uh, we don't want to get into politics too much, but uh, as an older fella, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a lifelong of disappointment, wishing the government yeah. would do more yeah. things, do more on things that matter and less on other things. I mean, that's just an ongoing thing. But mm-hmm. you're right. Hopefully, we can turn it around with with pressure because this this is huge and it's going to have a horrible Im- impact, uh, horrible you know consequences down the road. So, yep.
0: unfortunately, so yeah. Uh, just like LA, uh, unified school district, we have Des Moines, Iowa, um, you know, probably one of the larger school districts, at least in the Midwest, um, is out of business right now, can't support their students, staff, parents. So they just shut down the school. Um, and that goes along with to say, as Ryan pointed out when he, he mentioned it earlier, this is what happens to your business. When you get hit with a cyber attack, you have to make the decision to just shut it down. Um, and the fact that they took their systems offline is a massive indicator to, to us that this is ransomware. You don't you don't rip your your computers offline if you're not dealing with a ransomware event. It's just like some little virus or something. Yeah, or or just like a business email compromiser. You know what I'm talking. All right, so we got another one here, guys. It's Wabtec, uh, this this transportation and rail giant to close a data breach at their lock bit. Lockbit. Um, ransomware attack and this Lockbit group, man, they've been just on fire lately Mm -hmm. with attacking companies. So uh, who knows what's going on here? I didn't read the article.
2: So somebody help me out. Um, Major breach of of data and information. And then uh, Lockbit published some samples of the data that was stolen and then eventually leaked it all on August 20th, uh, presumably after the ransom was not paid. Uh, the data exposed includes full name, date of birth, national ID number, social insu- uh, insurance number. Sounds like there's uh, some some uh, um, worldwide right. type of information here. Yep. Uh, passport number, IP address, employer identification number, um, medical record, health insurance information. So like this is, they, got,
0: they got the treasure
2: trove. Yeah, exactly. What, exactly. what on
0: sexual orientation,
2: religious, religious beliefs. All yeah. um, right, like. So, and this I, is, this is a of, blueprint on how to attack every single person. That, that's and a, and, yeah, and yeah. not only like
0: that, it's yeah. like this is what we're trying to bring to light on this show: is the amount of data that companies have on you that they're not protecting, mm-hmm. that they're not doing a good enough job protecting your information from cyber criminals. And you know, we're at a point where we're talking about major cyber attacks. Three, four, five, six a week.
2: <laughs> I mean, what's really interesting to me here, though, is is why they would even need some of this information. Why does a rail company right. need? Well, it's sexual orientation.
0: I would I would assume this was filled out in an employment application or something yeah. along those lines, and they haven't. Well, I mean, you're not
1: really allowed to ask that on an employment like your sexual yeah. orientation. That's
0: nobody's can't, business where you work. Can't you ask, but then say, like, That's, have the boss for, like, prefer not to disclose or something like that?
1: Yeah, it reminds me of King of the Hill episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh-oh, we lost Andre. uh um, But, but right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're right, what, what in the heck do they have this information for? That's kind of disturbing. Um, but I think something else is going to happen here, guys, because we're – past it all being leaked and we're just now hearing about it, mm-hmm. I mean, that one, that smells of, of lawsuits. Yeah. Um, and two, I think the moral of the story that we can take away, the business owners we're business owners, we're talking to business owners is when something like this happens, you got to get out in front of it. You can't just sit back and wait till eight months later, you know, and then you've been dealing with it all along. And now all of a sudden everybody's religious beliefs union affiliation that's all out there in the wild and you know you're not really talking about it i don't know this is that's just
3: i mean i wonder if they were trying to sweep
2: it under the rug so the data was exposed on august 20th and and the the very last sentence of this story the company started sending notices of data breach to all impacted individuals on december 30th oof yeah that's rough guys
0: i'm gonna go into uh I'm going to go into my share screen mode because I want people to see this. So this is a, a screenshot of Lockbit 3.0's uh, dark web leak site. So this is where when cyber criminals put ransomware on your network, they basically say, hey, we're you're going to pay us or we're going to start leaking data. And... You know, people are like, no, we're not going to pay you. So then they put up these sites. And as you can see here, files are published. They had the deadline there of August 20th. They didn't meet that deadline. So all available data is published. That's what mm-hmm. this says right here. And it, you know, they go on Wikipedia, they pull out, you know, your Wikipedia about your company they got your logo, everything Now they just out you right on, right on their dark web week site. And this is how it goes down. And there's lots of data sitting out there about this company right now that if anybody wants to figure out how to get on the dark web and go figure out how to see this stuff, you can absolutely go see and click on and look at what I'm showing you on the screen right now. So
1: what, what's disturbing, Brian, is the very next sentence after next sentence after that picture said that they concluded their investigation November 23rd, they didn't send out the notices, like we said, till the end of December, but their official statement is, while there is no indication that any specific information was or will be misused, mm-hmm. considering the nature of the incident and the affected personal data, we cannot rule out that there may, there may be attempts to carry out fraudulent activity. Like, what does that even mean?
2: It seems like, like kind of a stretch. It was released on the dark web, but we don't see any evidence that it's exactly. going to be misused.
1: What? The thieves stole a million dollars from your house. They're probably not going to spend it, but they are thieves, so they might. So you might want to be ready for it. Like, what are they even talking about? That's kind of a ridiculous statement. <laughs> you get started. That's just disturbing.
0: That's the typical out. response, though. Like, when you go into a client, how many times have you gone into a client? I, this has happened to me over a 100 times. I walk in. I say, you know, they're coming after your data. You got to protect your data. Well, we don't have any data. Nobody would want to do anything with the data that we have anyway. No, you're wrong. (laughs) And that's like the thing. It's like that's
2: usually how it goes that we don't have any data and then we show them their data and then they go, Oh, well, nobody wants to use that data. It's like, what
0: are hmm. they going to do with that? You know, or whatever. They just, you know, obviously it's lack of education, lack of understanding of what the risks are here and how this stuff is actually used after a cyber event. But, geez, there's enough instances at this point of what happens to this data after the fact where people could just do a little Google search and educate themselves that, oh, wow, this data does actually get used by cyber criminals after the fact, as we saw with Knox Community College and the fact that their students are being extorted by cyber criminals after their ransomware attack.
2: I think the human brain is funny, like you know, we can convince ourselves that we've got a chance at winning the lottery and buy a bunch of tickets, but then we can flip that around and convince ourselves, you know, even though there's probably a higher probability our business is going to get hacked, that we're not going to be, you know, the one, we're not going to be the the statistic.
0: Yeah. And to to be
2: hacked and then say, well,
0: they're not going to really do anything with the data that they have. Yeah. That's just like mind boggling to me. So. They've
2: got yeah. our credit card numbers, but we're pretty sure they're not going to do anything with them.
0: Oh. And what surprised me right. about the credit too,
2: is that, like, all of the
3: information that Ryan read out as far as the information that's now out there, we've got a border crisis, right? You got all of these people coming into the country. They need, you know, fake names, fake socials just to be able to, you know, be in this in this um, country. So, like, all of this stuff is going to be used so fast, and it's going to ruin people's lives for years,
2: Another one that stands out to me, that, that just reading through these again, uh, biometric information. Yeah. How, how How is that even accessible? <laughs> yeah. When,
1: and that's a whole other conversation. I'm done.
0: I can't even. I can't <laughs> even. <laughs>
1: we did mention that a couple times over the past uh, year or two, but when a company stores biometric information, that's disturbing because- yeah. That can be used.
0: Clearly, if they have have access to it, it was unencrypted. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, you got this. You got LastPass where everybody's now realizing that the only thing that they encrypted was the password. Everything else that you stored in there was not encrypted. So, I mean, (laughs) it's unbelievable.
2: I'm about to
1: get a neck injury from shaking my head so much. So.
2: (laughs) We might want to move on. The monster yeah. doesn't help, though, so now you're shaking your head even more vigorously.
0: Slack's GitHub got hacked, guys. Wow, who predicted that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> this very show. So, uh, yeah, here we go with the, the GitHub, the software developer's repository place for the, in the Internet, which I've said for a very long time this is a really bad idea. Um, again, I was proven right as Slack's GitHub has gotten hacked and I'm sure some code was uh, now basically, what happened here? I don't even know. So did they steal source the code or did they? Did they yeah, so
1: it? source code was breached. Um, this this is just as bad as the previous hack, like having your religious identity and union affiliation leaked, That. That's bad. That's very personal information. And here we go. We've got source code. That's like the keys to the kingdom. You, I guarantee you there's programmers looking at the source code already that have already found vulnerabilities and everybody in the world that uses Slack is going to have probes, you know, of bots out there um, probing for people that are using Slack. They're going to be finding um, that you're using it. Um, you know,
0: they're gonna use that vulnerability one way or another. Yeah, um, and the other bad. thing of it is is like of time. The, the user behavior right now with <laughs> most users in companies. You guys can we can debate this, but I'm gonna say that most people don't understand, like I think people have been trained enough to to know, at least especially in regulated industries, like you don't email sensitive information, right? Especially outside the company. Um <clears throat> We're talking about a Slack channel that's usually internal with internal employees and, and Teams channels, same thing, internal employees. So the same stuff is going on. And I think there's a level of, well, this doesn't leave the company, so this is safer so I can share this in Slack. So that's why these guys are going after this stuff, because they know users right now are putting more valuable information in tools like this than they are in, say, your email or your outlaw. Mm -hmm. And that's why these are very, very highly sought after tools to try to exploit so that they can, you know, go after companies, trick them in clicking on a link that then gets them into the Slack channel. And then they can start, you know, spying and trying to figure out what this company is up to. They can also pretend to be an employee who's sharing something out that's really a link to, you know, a payload that deploys ransomware eventually. All kinds of stuff can happen when Mm -hmm. these channels are being attacked and then the fear is right we're not i don't want to say all security awareness training platforms are not keeping up but more than likely it's going to be a while before your employees are aware of the risk that lies within these chat tools that have been adopted in the last three years
2: another little uh, nugget in this story too Slack security disclosure didn't appear on its usual news blog. So they they reported it, but you had to go and find it in order to see it. Like it's one of those things where, you know, and we've seen this before, where they, they, they do report it, but they post it someplace obscure that, you know, it, it takes some hunting to find you have to be looking for it. And if you don't know, you know, you just kind of stumble upon it.
0: Wow. So, um, and then in some of the parts of the world, the company included code to stop search engines, including it in their results. Uh, <laughs> or the blog post is what what we're talking about. So they probably like, we don't want to let Russia know that this is a thing. So we're just going to block search engines because, you know, these cyber criminals don't know how to use VPNs and pretend like they're coming from a right. different country. Fucking stupid. Um <laughs> In August of 2022, Slack forced password resets after a bug had exposed hash passwords for five years. I think a lot of people moved away from Slack because of that. Probably happened again. So, Anything anyway, else you guys want to add to that? Poor Slack. I'm going to get crushed by teams. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Everybody yeah. loves the Chick-fil-A. Randy Dandy said he had to change his password last week. Because of uh, the Chick-fil-A hack, and uh, seems like their app had a little bit of a, a little bit of a breach where customer information was uh, stolen. So, American fast food restaurant chain Chick-fil-A is invest- investigating what it described as suspicious activity linked to some of its customer accounts. And we are investigating suspicious activity on some customer accounts. We are committed to protecting customer data and we are working quickly to resolve it. The company said an alert displayed on its official website on Friday and first spotted by security research Dominic Alvieri. While we are still investigating what happened and how certain customers became subject to this fraudulent activity, this is not due to a compromise of Chick-fil-A's internal systems. The company added in a Twitter statement. So it seems like basically whatever runs their app behind the scenes, hopefully that's not on internal systems. It makes a lot of sense that that would be segregated and hosted somewhere else. Um, Seems like, what do you think is going on here? I mean, it doesn't seem like this is like a brute, or I don't want to say a brute, but backdoor type of thing. It seems like maybe they just, Decided. Let's see if we can log in Chick Fil A accounts using usernames and passwords on the dark web.
2: Uh, unrelated to me, but one of the things that jumps out to me they they have the the shot of the list of uh, Chick Fil A accounts up for sale. Right. People have two thousand dollar credits on their Chick Fil A account. They must really really like Chick Fil A,
0: or have a lot of money just to <laughs> like. You don't even. You either are buying like. That's like a corporate account, and you're buying
2: Chick Fil A for the office once a week. That's crazy. Oh. You gotta, you gotta imagine if if they've got it posted on this price list that it's not just one.
0: <laughs> Whoever has two thousand dollars in their Chick Fil A account, please co- contact me. I will take. Fifteen hundred of that, and invest it for you, and and make money, and you will basically
2: eat Chick Fil A. Just it's great. The person who pays two hundred dollars for access to the hacked Chick Fil A account. I chicken. know, right? They want ten percent for everything. That's great. So, wow. That's
3: that was your, uh...
2: I got to I got to share this share this on the screen because this is hilarious. I know people like like Chick Fil A a lot. I, I'm not a huge fan personally, but like, wow, there Thousand dollars. Add to cart. Add to cart.
0: You get Chick-fil-A, you got a ba- got balances here. So you basically get access to the person's Chick-fil-A account. You log in as them, and then you're rolling the Chick-fil-A and 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 get your uh get your get your free Chick-fil-A. But just remember, Chick-fil-A has cameras in their parking lot. And if you right. roll in with your camera, it's gonna get your license plate and then you're gonna get in trouble. Right. So Hopefully nobody buys this and hopefully these cyber criminals don't get what they're after, but wow. People yeah. are making money off any, everything, anything and anything on, these days on the internet, so got to watch there, out.
1: There were, um, it sounds like there might have been some accounts, um, I know you're, po- you're posting that picture, but it, were these accounts that were being sold, they already had access to or were they credentials?
2: Is it does it make the distinction on that I think they were selling the credentials for the accounts
0: yeah they were selling the credentials to log in so you could log I could in log way. into your Chick-fil-A
2: app and then go
0: buy myself $2,000 worth of nuggets i mean literally
1: you could use the latest 200 million user thing from twitter and just set you up a little bot and start logging in. And when you 100%. get in, you offer it for sale. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what a criminal would do. None of us would do that. I'm not trying to say that, but you know what I mean? Like that's no. all, literally all a criminal has to do. And there doesn't have to be anything um, broken in the back end, if you will, over at Chick-fil-A.
0: Um, so, so let me, let me, let me just throw this one out there because I know the answer and I think it's a good question to ask. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like, in your opinion, because I, I have an idea of where my head's at on this question, but in your opinion, how long would it take somebody who's fairly good on computers? I don't want to say, you know, complete like novice. How long do you think it would take somebody to figure out how to do what Randy just said? You know, create a bot that runs through a database of passwords to try to log into Chick fil A accounts.
2: Probably not that long. I imagine, right. you know, some Google searching. Right. We're not talking about high-level
0: cyber criminals here. No. We're talking about script kitties that could do this. Like I mean, read,
1: well, I was going to say I read this week that people are using J- Chat
0: GPT to uh, write malicious scripts. Right. Chat GPT so. will write code for you, 100%. And you could just literally ask it right. I mean, it, it, it's limited in what it knows how to do right now, but you're 100% right. I mean, we're literally going to be at the point where script kitties can just generate this stuff on the fly with chat I have no doubt about that. There's going to be so many things that are sped up and replaced because of that tool. It's it's mind boggling if you really think about it. Yeah. So anything else we want to add on Chick-fil-A? Getting no, we have
1: a, bit we have a question about our last little segment. Oh, so yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, let's throw it up. Uh Should employees be discouraged or disallowed from posting sensitive information on internal chat ads like Slack or the tools that help automate and police policies like this? I'll let you guys take that one.
2: I think ultimately the answer is you need to have policies that dictate what what you should and should not do in those, those arenas. to, To Brian's point earlier, I think that's that's an area that people take for granted. Oh, it's internal. So, you know, we can pretty much write whatever we want. And and, and we know that that's not the case. You know, you still want to keep, uh, you know, there's there's a, a little bit lower threshold. Uh, so, so you know, you could probably share more stuff there than you would publicly, obviously. But, um, you know, you still want to be careful with that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Right. And I would say yes, same, along those same lines, um, they should be discouraged or disallowed from posting sensitive information. And I would say to... To a person who's watching, or even to Steven, like one of the like like tenets of like zero trust is basically assuming that the bad the bad guys are already in the system. Mm-hmm. So when you type out that message in your chat, which you know there's hundreds of them a day or thousands of them a day, but when you're typing out that message, you know you have to think about that. Like, is there somebody watching this?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and if there if there is, can they use this you know um, against us? I'd be very worried or not worried, but you want to be uh, alert and on the ball with stuff like that.
3: Yeah, it should be the same policies as email. We always talk about yep. be careful what you're putting in emails, but it applies to iMessage or whatever Android uses, Slack, Teams, everything. If, if a hacker can get their whole hands on it, they're going to use it.
2: And, and keep in mind that that you know e- even your higher C-level employees don't really have any type of grasp on what all of this means. And so it's very easy to, to, for them to assume, oh, hey, I'm doing this internally, uh, so nobody else is going to see this. They don't think big picture like we do, uh, because we know how all of these things work and, and, and uh, you know, have looked under the hood. Um, so you need to have clear and concise policies uh, to let people know what what the accepted behavior is and what you can and cannot do, so people understand that.
0: Yeah. And then on top of that, um, you know, there are tools that you can implement that will monitor what's being said and what's being shared on Teams. So somebody can review that and, you know, remove stuff or put in other policies within Teams that don't allow that behavior to continue. So there's definitely things that you can t- can put in place that, that help automate that. A lot of it's built into Microsoft, quite frankly. Um, but there are other third-party tools that get a little bit more granular, so. Then we got our boys over at Five Guys, sticking with the restaurant industry mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, everybody probably, I eat at Five Guys all the time, too. I eat Chick-fil-A and Five Guys. And look, so this one is a little bit interesting. They've had, uh, you know, that famous employee data accessed, yep. And took them a while to kind of come around to it. They actually had to disclose it in their uh, quarterly filings for their um for the company, for the SEC, and they basically disclosed in the third quarter of 2022 uh, that this happened, but they released very little information. And then in the fourth quarter, they started to release more information. Um, And basically what we were able to figure out is that a lot of employee data, around 3,500 plus, a little more, um, people that applied for jobs at five guys, whether they were hired or not, mm-hmm. um, they you know, breach information varies depending on the individual, but it may include your full name, social security number, driver's license number, and fi- financial account information, which is, that's a little interesting on the financial account
2: information one. Um, well, like probably direct deposit information. Good
0: thing, but then that would make you think that they got into like some kind of payroll system or something, right. but Maybe they just stored like every maybe like they had them fill out a paper, right, and scanned it in and stored it on a drive that wasn't encrypted or something like that. Rather than still amazes
2: me when people (laughs) give you something and say, "Here, put your payment information on a piece of paper." Right. Put your put your a lot of. Oh, oh, sorry.
0: Put your bank account and routing number on this piece of paper, and then Hmm. they, you know, they don't. Handle that properly, They scan it in, they just throw it somewhere. And that's what we talked about earlier. We mentioned it. It's like companies don't know where they have data because they don't know what every specific employee is doing. And if you don't have policies or you don't have ways to control that
2: and you're not using encryption, this is how you end up here. And even if you do have policies, you still need to have, you know, some best practices in place to, to prevent yeah. things. You have, you know, just, just like we were talking about, you know, assuming that somebody's reading your stuff, assume all of your employees aren't following the policies that you've laid out. You know, if mm-hmm. you can control what you can control, do it. You know, the policies are there for the things that you don't have as much control over.
1: Yep. And this looks like a pretty big uh, breach. It sounds mm-hmm. like in Texas alone, there's 3,548 victims. And that's yeah. uh, the text. We have, we have a law in Texas that if you have data breach, you got to go basically report it and post it on the Texas wall of shame, if you will, um,
2: for breaches.
1: So the
2: the other thing that I wanted to point out here is, is I think that this is something that a lot of businesses overlook either purposely or, or, or uh, unintentionally. Um, the, the, People that work for you, you have their personal information as well. It's not just about your clients. Like people seem to think, oh, I'm, you know, I don't want my clients' information to get out because that would make me look bad. Same thing for your internal people. I mean, uh we, we all know how difficult it's been uh in the last year or two to to find good help. You know, if you if you've got this out there, you know, this is gonna affect, you know, potentially people even bothering to apply uh because they're just adding their information to this database that's been hacked, uh, or people that work there currently.
3: Yeah, good point. Yeah. Us consumers, we're not going to be able to catch a break. We, we apply somewhere, don't get the job, data breach. We're working somewhere, data breach. We're trying to order
2: food, data breach. I mean, and, and, and still people don't seem to be taking it seriously.
0: And People don't seem to care that yeah. like, this it's is happening true. so frequently. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, to think to sit here and think like, oh, well, my dad has been breached a million times, nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm.
2: Wait. Wait, and yet, yet it's very difficult to talk to somebody and find somebody who hasn't had their identity stolen at least once.
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs>
2: big deal. <laughs> it happens.
0: So uh, let's drop it here. Um, let's go to an update that we wanted to talk about. And give everyone an update on something that we talked about a few shows ago, which was the Rackspace uh, ransomware incident. Mm-hmm. And as this thing unfolds and evolves, it. it it seems like it's just getting worse and worse for the Texas-based cloud computing uh, provider who was basically hacked by an exploit and a fully patched uh, Microsoft exchange server, you know, that, that exchange, that exchange server patch has been out for a long time mm-hmm. for a outlook web access, which is, if you ever used outlook or, you know, had a company that had you log into the web mail, that's how this basically this exploit is, 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 this exploit is taken advantage of. And you know, essentially this is that proxy shell uh thing, if people are familiar with that term when when this all came out. Um but the interesting thing is CrowdStrike, uh the big cybersecurity company, it, is involved. Um and they're basically saying that it was um, this OWA SSRF exploit that was found on its network, um, and they were able to use this exploit to basically do whatever they want to these systems. So they were able to put remote access tools on RACS-based server, um, remote access tools like AnyDesk, ConnectWise, uh, which are all tools that you know we're familiar with. I think AnyDesk is more of a, a consumer level remote access tool. Um, but like, let's like, I know you guys are going to go off on the patching part of it, but like, how do you not know that this software just got installed on your server? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I mean, it probably uh, boils down. I would just
1: say real quick, it boils down to money. They weren't sounds like weren't spending the money to know when these kind of things happen.
0: So you you're, say, say? you're saying that, my little exact IT is doing more to secure people than Rackspace, which is a billion-dollar behemoth, and they didn't have the money.
1: I mean, I'm not saying they didn't have the money. I'm saying they didn't want to spend the money is what it sounds like. I don't know. Uh, it's just conjecture. Um, but it right. sounds like they had an old unpatched server, you know? Um, servers. Servers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <The> <laughs> <of them want. laughs> Got a hamster and a little treadmill running in Ser- it. Yeah.
0: Servers. And then, uh I mean, come on, guys. It's like you don't even need special tools to, like, have something alert you that something was just installed on these servers.
2: What it would cost them to have had that telemetry is a lot less than what it's going to cost them. You know, the, 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 the other thing that that happens here. Um, so they had thirty thousand customers on this hosted exchange service, um, and they are discontinuing the entire service now. Oh so, yeah, they are. so so that that that's two things to me. So one, yeah, you know, that that's a big loss. yeah you, know, they, you know, had they had proper things in place to even monitor that stuff, it would have cost significantly less than what it's going to cost them to get rid of all of that business because even even if they switch one hundred percent of those clients over to three sixty five. The cut that they have on that is going to be significantly less. Uh, but two, the other read between the lines thing here is if you're using Exchange, hosted Exchange with somebody else or Exchange on-prem, this company is willing to let 30,000 customers go as opposed to trying to make Exchange more secure. I find
0: finally they're not letting them go. They're making money off of
2: well they're discontinuing the service, you, now, the, but they're still well,
0: gonna be Let us your... sell you these M three sixty-five licenses, we'll migrate you there. Mm-hmm. And they're doing what every other single hosted exchange provider is doing, and they're they're mod- they're changing their business from being a hosted exchange provider to just a Microsoft M three sixty-five license
2: distributor. They're all doing it. And yeah, that's what these I, guys But I'm do. sure that they're not making nearly as much off of that as they were off of, off of the hosted exchange service. It costs them a hell of a lot.
0: Microsoft's running it, running the servers for them. They don't need to have. They can fire all their Exchange admins. Now.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, we're not doing much anyway. <laughs> Along with their, well,
0: this Exchange admins, job is just to make the thing work. Cybersecurity guys are supposed to stop this. happening. Yeah.
1: yeah. They were. They were. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, and again, and why I say that is, is because your IT guy shouldn't be your cybersecurity guy. because mm-hmm. they're two different personalities mm-hmm. and they're two different types of roles and responsibilities and usually it guys don't make good cybersecurity guys
2: because they're not really good at process and following things in order. That's why I say that. We're thinking about the bigger picture. They're, they're thinking about how to solve the, the problem in front of their face and not the five problems that that solution is going to create.
0: Right. You know,
1: we, we are pointing fingers though at Rockspace and saying, why weren't you spending the money putting your dollars where they count and it's Cheaper on the front end to have stuff in place to either prevent or limit the blast radius than to try to repair from the end, but or after the fact. But all that said, we're we're hearing the same thing from nine out of ten businesses that we talk mm-hmm. to. Yep. You no, know, they don't want to spend the money on it. I mean, a business should be spending on top of their regular IT spend ought to be spending somewhere from one to three percent easy of their gross rev on cybersecurity on top of their IT spend i mean it's it's not a message we want to hear you know um, businesses didn't want to start doing healthcare but you know once um, obamacare kicked in you know you got to do it to compete with all these companies that are now required it's just an expense you got to deal with you got to pass the cost on to your customer mm-hmm. you got to be cyber secure it's going to cost you 1 to 3% of your gross rev and you just have to figure out a way to pass that on to your to your customer and do it or you're going to end up like Rackspace.
2: But we got to find a way to make that click cuz right now going back to my point earlier like the human brain is just oh. geared and wired to say it's not going to happen to me so I don't need to do it.
0: And I just take a I take a little bit of a different tack from a legal standpoint on this. I mean just if you if you look at the situation and Microsoft and the whole entire tech community when this came out it was a huge deal to get these damn servers patched as quickly as you could cuz they were exposed they're exposed to the internet just to work i mean it's not like you can hide these things behind a firewall you won't be able to send email if that's the case but the, the thing that bothers me the most is like an organization like this whose sole job is to provide hosted ex- exchange email services. And we can sit here and debate whether they're supposed to provide the security around that as well. I believe if you're a hosted provider who's saying you're like a SOC 2 certified you know, hosting data center and you're saying you have all these great things in place, and by the way, compliance does not mean that you're secure. I tell people that all the time just because you've got a little certificate that says you comply with some framework or some SOC, you know SOC standard it doesn't mean you're secure, um, and if you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me and ask, and I can explain it to you. But the bigger problem for me is: is when does this become? When does the CEO of Rackspace get charged with gross negligence? Mm-hmm. Probably never. And that's when that's that's why nothing's going to change, right? Yeah, until these guys get. I mean, the whole entire world, I'm pretty sure my mom, who's 75 years old, knew about this Microsoft Exchange exploit because it was all over everything. It was on CNN. It made NBC News. So you, you had to be a complete numbskull with your head buried in the sand to not know that this is something. So when does the CEO of Rackspace call up his people and be like, hey, did we take care of this? Right? Or is it more nefarious? Is it Hey, we don't have really, we don't make enough money off this product to really take on this project and do this. So let's not do it.
2: Well, and, and the CEOs are are probably banking on the fact that, you know, they're they're thinking more about being able to call their shareholders uh, and, and talk about how high their dividends were uh, at the end of the year, because they saved all that money on not doing these things, than you know, how much money it cost them to get out of it when it did happen.
0: So does this put Rackspace out of business?
2: No. No. No, yeah, I don't even think
0: so. It
3: was a small percentage of of their revenue.
2: If it was a much smaller hosting company that was set up the same way, but you know had five thousand you know customers, very possibly. You know the
0: percentage on what's that? Yeah. Let me check.
2: Yeah, because that'd be interesting to me because that
0: would play into my thought process here. But I don't know. They're, they they haven't the class action lawsuits haven't started yet. The fallout from hasn't yet. I don't see how the CEO survives this. Uh, the CSO, everybody in the C suite this shit, the shit hasn't hit the fan with
2: this shit. The, they'll survive just fine they won't they won't work there anymore, but they'll have a nice little uh nice little paycheck to leave
0: that sure. shit, and that's what I'm referring to it's like and then when does the f t c or whoever come in s e c it's a publicly traded company mm-hmm. when do they come in and, and start doing their investigation and then people i mean it's gonna be two years before anybody gets charged out of this mm-hmm. so I mean we're trying to you know. Mm-hmm in episode 500 we'll know <laughs> so, so it's
3: one percent or 30 million of their revenue
0: one percent that's it mm-hmm. yeah it's oh, like, like nothing man and on wow. top of that
1: i don't think they'll go out of business they're they're owned by an even
0: larger conglomerate of hosting companies um you know and they I have. know what i mean by go out of business just cease to exist as the name RackSpace, just like you know, we saw Solar Winds. Oh you know, yeah. SolarWinds yeah, Change names after that,
2: but but I, they were supposedly going to be doing that all along, even before that happened. <laughs> okay.
0: I think it's <laughs> and uh, a bridge in New York. I'd like to sell you too. I
2: remember that that specifically being in their statement. I thought. That oh, was yeah. oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
2: I think
1: if it's limit, if it's a limited amount of customer data, you'll continue seeing them going with the brand. Just they're going to take this the 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 stance of it happened, you know, we made it public, we communicated with the public, and all the people like us are going to be like shaking our heads, like, yeah, you were running on 2008 servers and 2010 servers that should have been patched or updated or whatever, you know. But I think if the customer data uh, blast, you know, explosion blast is limited. Um, I think that they'll they'll come out of this probably, you know, looking fine. Yes. Yeah. You know.
3: People are going to forget about it, and yep. um, and that's it. And it's funny, they even have a compliance and security service.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Let me sign up for that. <laughs> um, and then the other thing in the article from TechCrunch about Rackspace, um, and we kind of quipped about this a little bit because we're not going to disclose any information that hasn't been reported yet. But they have this little article out on TechCrunch that basically says um, only about 30,000 customers use Exchange Service and only a small portion of that, about 27 customers, had the hackers gained the personal data. But we know of other situations out there where we probably think that these hackers had a little bit more access Mm -hmm. than what's being disclosed in this
2: article. On top of that, they had another zinger of a statement, too. Although they had access to it, there was no evidence that the threat actor actually viewed, obtained, misused, or disseminated any of the information.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they just had access to it, and then they said, oh, you know what? We probably shouldn't look at that.
0: 27 hosted exchange customers' email or data in the PST, which is basically the, the file that holds all your email. It's like the database for the Outlook uh, software uh, in any way. I mean, <clears throat> Okay. Whatever. You know, I it's amazing to me that these companies come out and just say, like, mm. you know, we, we, we don't have any reason to believe that they would misuse this. Um, the other interesting thing is that uh, <clears throat> play ransomware group that attacked Rackspace is uh has not put anything on their um dark web uh release site. So that raises speculation on whether or not Rackspace paid the ransom. Because usually when you don't pay the ransom and you don't negotiate you get put out on the dark web, like I showed you earlier. When mm-hmm. you do negotiate and you do pay the ransom, your stuff doesn't show up on the dark web. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty black and white. It's There's no gray there. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Good show. I think we right. did a good job of breaking this stuff down and educating people. If anybody has any comments, drop them in. Uh, we monitor the comments throughout the week. Somebody will get back to you. But remember, share the show. Give us a like. Give us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And we'll come back next week. With some more cybersecurity talk. See, see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.